0: Hello, and a very happy new year to you wherever you are in the world. To celebrate our having finished Macbeth, and as a seasonal bonus, I've put together a quiz of 20 questions for you to puzzle over in these quiet first days of January. Twelve are inspired by that most insane of Christmas carols, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and the others are related to or inspired by Macbeth and a few other plays. To be in with a chance to win a copy of Judy Dench's new book, Shakespeare, The Man Who Pays the Rent, please fill in the form on the website, thehamletpodcast.com, and it's the first thing you'll find if you go to that link. You have until Twelfth Night to get your answers in. Here we go. Question one. Macbeth is very unusual among Shakespeare's plays because its opening line is spoken by a woman. What is the only other play wherein a female character is the first to speak? Question two. The first day of Christmas is perhaps the weirdest of all the deliveries in this song. A partridge in a pear tree. And apparently there'll be eleven more of them for the poor victim of this postal extravaganza in the coming days. Pairs do feature occasionally in Shakespeare's texts, often in very rude lines, but what play features this partridge reference? Who finds the partridge in the puttock's nest, but may imagine how the bird was dead, although the kite soar with unbloodied beak? Question three. On the second day of Christmas, It's a nicer little gift, a pair of turtle doves. Now, it would be easy to include Paulina's lovely line from A Winter's Tale about being an old turtle winging her way to her withered bough, so here's another line about turtle doves. Again, the question is simply, what play is this from? Myself, as far as I could well discern, for smoke and dusty vapours of the night, I'm sure I scared the dauphin and his troll, When, arm in arm, they both came swiftly running, like to a pair of loving turtle doves, that could not live asunder day or night. Question 4. Hecate features heavily in Macbeth, and was a particularly Greek goddess. Although Shakespeare was rather more interested in ancient Rome, he did show some concern for the Greeks and set a number of plays in Athens. Can you name them all? You'll get a point for each. Question five. Back to the song. Three French hens come on day three. Useful, perhaps, but not when you're about to be given 30 of them. France was always a complicated location for Shakespeare, but what play features this strange outburst, and you can have another bonus point if you can tell me who says it. Here's French salutation for your French slop Question six: The four calling birds that arrive on day four of the song are a little confusing. Apparently, it was originally collie birds or birds from a collier, perhaps a coal merchant, so more than likely they were black as in blackbirds. The only reference to a blackbird in all of the plays comes from Bottom in A Midsummer Night's Dream, but he calls it an oozel, a far older name for this kind of bird. So, instead, I found a quote of others calling at the door. Again, what play is this one from? What, standest thou still, and hearest such a calling? Look to the guests within, Question 7. Oozles may have been blackbirds, but what's in a name? This question wants to know, which two Shakespeare names are famous enough to have been used in the NATO alphabet? Question 8. The fifth day of Christmas is the most useful, when the recipient gets five gold rings— Now, the internet is full of theories about what this song might mean with all these various gifts, but certainly there is a good deal of gold in Shakespeare's plays. He coined a number of lines about it that we still associate today, all that glisters and so on. But which of the plays has this line in it? Hortensio, peace, thou know'st not gold's effect. Question nine. The sixth day is when things get really insane. Six geese, all laying eggs, seems like a lot of responsibility to hand over as a Christmas present, even if the eggs produced were golden. I was tempted to use the line geese villain from Macbeth here as the quiz question, but since we covered it so recently, that hardly seems fair. Instead, also seasonally, I've chosen this one. And again, what play is it from? The spring is near when green geese are a-breeding. Question 10. Geese villain is from Act 5 of Macbeth, which has an unusually large number of scenes as the play hurtles to its conclusion. But of all the plays, which one has the greatest number of scenes? If it's any help, I can tell you that this play has a whopping 42 different scenes in it. But that's all I'm giving you. Question 11 Julius Caesar casts a very long shadow over Shakespeare's works and gets referenced a great deal and appears now and again. His nemesis, however, was Pompey the Great. But despite this greatness, Shakespeare doesn't seem to have been terribly interested in him. Characters called Pompey appear in only two plays Antony and Cleopatra, and which other? Question 12. On the seventh day of this ghastly Christmas, the maniac True Love sends seven swans a-swimming to the door of this unfortunate victim. Swans are associated with love in Shakespeare. So, again, can you tell me what play this line comes from? And wheresoe'er we went like Juno's swans, still we went coupled and inseparable. Question 13. Day 8 is even crazier, with eight young women and presumably eight cows arriving to join the madness. Here's a slightly longer quote about maids and milking. As is the pattern here, I want to know what play is it from. Is there no manners left among maids? Will they wear their plackets where they should wear their faces? Is there not milking time when you are going to bed or kiln-hole to whistle off these secrets, but you must be tittle-tattling before all our guests? Tis well they are whispering. Clamour your tongues, and not a word more. Question 14. That last quotation was in prose, which doesn't feature very much in Macbeth. In fact, only about 8% of the play was in prose. Now. While Shakespeare never wrote an entire play in prose, we have two by him that are certainly in verse. Can you name either one of them? You can have a bonus point if you can name both. Question 15. By this time in the song, the sender has lost the plot entirely and sends nine ladies dancing. There's no indication that anyone is providing music for these ladies, perhaps because this is due to come in the days that follow. Can you tell me which play the following line comes from, which could indeed be a receptionist wondering what to do with such a strange delivery? Please you, my lord, there are certain ladies most desirous of admittance. Question sixteen. Day ten, and the delivery is ten lords a-leaping. If the nine ladies were excited and dancing, this lot seem even crazier. Leaping time gets a mention in this next line, from which play? I had rather have skipped from sixteen years of age to sixty, to have turned my leaping time into a crutch, than have seen this. Question seventeen. I mentioned recently that I was going to do a show notes page all about dogs in Shakespeare, and it's coming this week, but it springs to mind here, as I think about this demented Christmas carol, because surely the best gift, if one were sending such insane presents and live animals and people, might have been a puppy. A dog is for life, of course, and not just for Christmas. But can you tell me the only Shakespeare play that actually features a dog? And for one more bonus point, can you tell me its name? Question 18. This, to me, is where the carol goes completely off the rails with the arrival of eleven pipers piping. Who in their right mind would want this? At best, they might be playing flutes or something, but worst-case scenario, by the end of this song, you're going to have twenty-two bagpipers at the poor beloved's doorstep. What would you even say to that? Certainly, I would probably not be tempted to quote the line Strike up, pipers. But can you tell me which play ends with this very line? Question 19. The last day of the song, the twelfth day of Christmas, twelfth night, and the grand total is 184 birds, 128 people, 12 trees, 40 cows and 40 gold rings, and now 12 drummers, drumming. As if the racket from everyone else wouldn't be maddening enough. What a monstrous, ruinously expensive present. Can you name the play that features this highly appropriate line that surely would be shouted over all this racket? I'll no more drumming. A plague of all drums. Question 20. Presented with such a horrific sequence of gifts, surely one would be tempted to put a curse on the sender. Macbeth abounds with witches and dark magic, but curiously there's another play that includes significantly more references to witchcraft, and indeed to Satan. Can you tell me what it is? So, that's your 20 questions. I've put a form on the main front page of the website with a reminder of each clue, but not the full quotations because then surely you could just go and google all of the answers. You're free to do this anyway. I suppose this challenge might wind up more of a treasure hunt than a trivia quiz. But the prize at stake is a treasure indeed, and I thoroughly recommend Dame Judy's beautiful book for you or the Shakespeare lover in your life. It's the most enjoyable thing I have read in years. And if you can answer all of these questions off the top of your head, you definitely deserve to win. You have until the end of Twelfth Night to submit your answers via the website, thehamletpodcast.com. And of course, I'll be generous and allow entries until midnight at the international dateline. There are a total of 25 points to be had, and I'll put all correct entries into a hat and pick a winner. Once you finish the quiz online, you'll also get to see what the next play we're going to cover will be. So, happy hunting, thank you for listening, and good luck.